You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place because it's time to win with dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. It's Raquel on another exciting episode with Win With Dogs here on Pet Life Radio where we talk about everything important pets. Thank you for joining us. Today I will be speaking with Tracy B. Ann and she is a dog trainer. She's been working with dogs and cats actually for over 16 years. She teaches body language, communication, and animal psychology, which as you listeners know, I love to talk body language and communication. She also prefers to use gentle, holistic, animal-friendly techniques to help teach um, pup parents to train their pets. She has a weekly radio show called The Politics of Dogs on RadioFreeNashville.org. And her website is zenpaws.com. There's many other accolades I could give, and I will I will cue you in later. If you want to know more about her, please check our website. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to be talking with Tracy Ann about healthy versus unhealthy pet love and get some mental stimulation tips from her, and we'll see if we can throw in some other stuff. So stay tuned. Hang tight. We'll be right back with Win With Dogs with me, Raquel. Thanks. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux, you can even go naked like your pets. Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw in the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for hanging in there. Again, my guest today is Tracy B. Ann, and I can't wait to talk to her. I love talking with animal trainers that have some psychology background. Uh, Tracy also is a gentle, holistic animal trainer. She doesn't, you know, approach it in the domination theory, which, as you all know, I am not that terribly fond of. So, Tracy, thank you so much for being with us. I'm excited to chat with you today. Thanks for having me, Raquel. You're so welcome. Tracy, you're here in Nashville, as am I, and... And <laughs> and all your dogs. And here are my dogs. Anyway, Tracy, to continue, everyone heard my pups. Tracy, I really want to talk with you. I read some of your blogs on the Nashville Free Press org website, and I loved what you were talking about. The one particular blog that I was reading was, one was taking your dog to the vet or not, which we can get into later, and also um, the dominance theory. And I just want to start with this for just a second. You had a really interesting article or blog in there talking about how to diffuse situations with dogs and that, you know, a loving approach is definitely better than an aggressive dominant approach. And would you tell the listeners... What are some things that are, you know, negative about that dominant alpha domination kind of approach? Well, Raquel, for, first off, I think that it's all a misconception. It okay. was a misunderstanding that was made about 60 years ago when some scientists went into the field and observed a pack of wolves. And they didn't, <laughs> yeah. it's not their fault. They, they right. had limited resources, limited time, and poor technology, what we had yeah. back then. So what yeah. they thought they saw was not actually what they saw, and they happened to be observing uh, not a very benevolent leader of the pack, and I guarantee if they had done a long-term study, that leader wouldn't have stayed in the pack. So they thought that when a stranger approaches a, a pack, the lead, the alpha of the pack will take the stranger dog down by the throat and roll it over, mm-hmm. when, frankly, nothing could be further than the truth, from the truth. That, yeah. In the dog world, that means death comes next. And that's the only thing it means. So whenever you listen to your vet or a trainer who tells you to roll your poor little puppy over on its back every day just to remind it who the boss is, you're telling your your dog death comes next. So what's going to happen is either they're going to blow you off and ignore you like a kid who's told you're going to get a spanking mm-hmm. um, and you never follow through, which I don't think you should follow through and spank your kids, or you're going to create fear. They're going to start fearing you. Um, yeah. And I don't, that doesn't make a good basis for a relationship. No, not at all. And like you were saying, they were studying wolf packs, which we know dogs are much more socialized than wolves and domesticated. And in addition to that, um, what I think they've found, even in wolf packs, is it's only the middle dogs that show domination. Not even the underling, underling dogs show domination. And like you're saying, if a dominant, aggressive dog does become the pack leader, as you're implying, it probably doesn't last that long <laughs> until he is no, overthrown. I think, I think it's um, self-esteem, too. It's the dogs that are very confident don't need to kerfluffle like that. I've seen dogs stop a fight from 20 paces just with a look. Yeah. 
That's yeah. all it takes. And I figure since we're the ones with the big brains, supposedly, as humans, then why don't we call upon all of our resources? And totally. since then, we have wolf parks and dog rescue places where dogs live all of their lives. We've been able to study packs of dogs for long periods of time and we have great technology where we can film it and then stop it frame by frame and go wow what That's we think great. was that dog taking the dog down by the throat and tipping it over the dog never touched the other one it just happened so fast that it looked like yeah. that yeah um, when actually what happens is the uh, strange dog approaches rolls over by itself, shows its stomach, I don't mean you any harm, I don't mean yeah. you any harm, and that's it. Like, I'm just playing, okay, let me in, which, right. yeah, exactly. And they, and they actually do a lot of other, they give a lot of other signals on the way, you know, they, their eyes are averted, they're not looking at the dog, they're, one of the things that always bothered me about traditional dog training was you teach your dog to come to you and, like, come front, run to you in a straight line and sit in front yeah. of you, and that's yeah. so... Not Unnatural. what dogs do. They Natural. go on an angle like a, the letter C. That's respectful. It's sort of non-confrontational. Hey, I'm not coming over there to start anything. Just wanted to see what was going on. So they come on an angle with their body sideways, not looking at the other dog. Which and is yet what we I, teach yeah. them to do something totally opposite. And even when we approach a dog, that's very, very, very good advice Tracy, for all of you listening, is do not approach a dog just head on straight line. Approach the dog at a curved angle. And actually a fabulous person who talks a lot about this, her name is Turid Rugas. If all of oh. you any of you want to look at any more information, I just I think she's fabulous. All My of hero, yes. So anyway, her name is Turid, which is T U R I D, last name Rugas, R U G A A S. I believe she's from Norway. She is or Scandinavian. Yes. Um, that's right. That's right. So anyway, all this is great info, which leads me in to my next point, which is what I really wanted to talk with you about: healthy versus unhealthy love. And now, you know how we communicate with our dogs in love as well as discipline is extremely important. And you're saying, you know, don't ever go up to your dog and throw him on his back, grab him by the neck, and <laughs> give him a growl, let him know you're in charge. But mm -hmm. By the same token, I often roll my dogs over playfully with an open mouth. I even do a little pant at them so that they know that I'm playing. And we initiate play. And this is just, you know, and I might even lie on my back with them. You know what I mean? In play mode. Right. So, right. so dogs are, you know, very, very, very aware of our body language like you're saying. So speaking of healthy versus unhealthy love, what are some main points on this that our listeners should know? Well, you describe very good, um, healthy caring for your dogs, playing with them on an equal basis. Because mm -hmm. when dogs are playing, once they've established that, okay, we're going to play now, all bets are off. It doesn't matter who's on top, who's on the bottom, who's got mm -hmm. the stick, who doesn't have the stick. They're, it's just play. Nobody has to win. You don't have to win every time you play with your dog. That's yeah. not really fair or nice. But what yeah. I see happening lately is, and John Katz, uh, the writer, K-A-T-Z, he describes uh -huh. it really well in his book, The New Work of Dogs, about how, you know, we don't have them herding sheep and doing all the things that, you know, dogs used to do, keeping, guarding the chicken house, all that kind yeah. of stuff. They're, they seem to have replaced our children or they're there to fulfill our emotional needs. And we They've just, replaced my children. <laughs> so well, yes, you're, you're preaching to the choir over here. <laughs> I worked at a vet's once and I, we had all these cards for dog trainers and I said, I really think we need cards for therapists because I think yeah. 
need therapy more than they need dog training. <laughs> they really need both. But, you know, I think it's important to remember that all dogs do share the DNA of a wolf, and they deserve that respect. They're not a little foo-foo, baby stuffed thing, cuddly thing that you can dress up in clothes or carry Although around all the cute. time. It's really cute, <laughs> but it's not great psychologically. <laughs> the thing that drives me nuts lately are strollers. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see the big pug picnic and you see all these fat, overweight pugs and their owners get them out of the car and put them in a stroller and push them up the hill. Put them <laughs> down and let them walk. It just absolutely drives me nuts. And, and I think it's really disrespectful. And I yeah. think that the other way, Patricia McConnell calls it coddling. You know, mm-hmm. that you, they, you stop coddling your dog. It's, it's just disrespectful. And I yeah, always, they want to be in life. I mean, they want to yeah. experience life. They are not fear-based creatures from the get-go anyway, like a lot no. of humans are. They want to experience things, you know? Right, right. And I often ask myself when treating a dog a certain way, would a 12-year-old boy like this? Mm-hmm. Would he like it if I food food over him in public? Or, no, leave him alone. <laughs> I don't even like to, <laughs> lucky My, to talk to them. Yeah, totally. My Bichon just, you know, I bought him a um, hoodie because I used to go give, and I still do, go give stretching seminars with dogs. And I thought, oh, how cute. You know, he'd love to wear a little workout suit. Well, that went over like a ton of bricks. It was like he was mortified that I brought him into a room full of strangers in that stupid hoodie. So that worked for one time. And he didn't do anything. I mean, he kind of was growling and just not cooperating, not into it, you know. And it was. I think also pet owners have a lack of expectations for their dog. Yeah, um, it's just it's like a little stuffed toy that we like. I don't have any expectations for my stuffed animals. They just sit on top of the dresser, um, yeah. and that's the way they're treating their dogs instead of training it. Um, even yeah. house training, it's just very common to not house train their dog because oh, he's just so cute. Everything he does is just so cute. Yeah, like, that's really yeah. not cute, and you end up with a dog that no one but you likes. Exactly. Um, so I, I think that the healthier way is to respect them, to remember that they have the DNA of a wolf. I don't care if they weigh, weigh four pounds or 90. You have to see that little wolf within. And to channel that energy, that helicopter parent kind of energy that you feel like you must put in your dog. And instead of buying clothes, buy the absolute best dog food you can, the most expensive. The or human, cook for them like I do. Exactly. Take the time the human, <laughs> or, you know, get human grade, USDA inspected, or make homemade, or feed raw. That, I'm a vegan, and my dog eats raw food. My cats eat yeah. raw food. And yeah. I, don't, I have no problem with making it for them. They're not vegans. I am. Train, train, train. You know, keep going to classes and going to classes and going to classes because one thing is the better trained your dog is, the more places you can take it and it's accepted other places and more people will like it. And then just meeting their basic needs, which isn't as easy as it sounds because of the kind of nuclear way that we live now. You know, we're not down on the farm where the dog can just run next door. When I was a kid, we didn't have fences. The dogs just... They lived in our house, but I don't know what they did all day. They ran and played, went to the park, and rode along yeah. with the mailman. Life is not like that now. You have to arrange play dates for your dog. Well, do it. So Walk around from 5 to 7, see who's out walking their dog, You know, find the dogs that your dog likes, ask them to drop their dog off on the way to work, pick them up on the way home. You have happy dogs, and you need to do that two and three times a week. You need to take the dog lots of places, meet lots of people, 
it takes every bit as much energy as foo-fooing, cuckooing, and changing their clothes, but it meets their needs better and is healthier for them. And you're so right. I mean, socializing, often I'm so amazed. My dogs are, if, if I do say so myself, are very well-behaved dogs. I mean, I take my dogs to bookstores with me for book signings, to mm-hmm. different places, and more often than not, the people that approach me are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe your dog is so well-behaved. My dog would never sit here, would never do this. And the point is, is I think most dogs, once they're socialized and they have been exposed to new things, they want to fit in with us. They want to please us. They want to be included. So they will behave. And if you are, like you're saying, getting your dog out and socialized, you know, that's helping spread the word that dogs are not these wild, uncontrollable animals. If they have proper parents, it's like it's like kids, you know, when children are horrible, it's usually the parenting. Right, right. <laughs> and people don't want to say that, you know. People don't want to accept that accountability, I guess. But and we're here to I, say they should. <laughs> and sometimes that just takes training. I took my dogs, for my first two dogs, forever. We went mm-hmm. to cl- For two years, we went to classes nonstop. And then I did a year with a behaviorist of private sessions. Yeah. And I ended up apprenticing with her for a couple of years and then working for her. But I, I wanted my dogs so well-behaved they could be in Kroger next to me without anyone noticing. And I had a Dalmatian who was pretty noticeable, so that took a lot of training. But it was done. You were successful, you know. And you probably, you know, shockingly, people were totally impressed at how a dog really could be, you know, how what temperament a dog really can have. Mm-hmm. if given the proper training. So along these same lines, you know, one of the main problems I see with dogs that behaviorally are not, you know, perform, that just have bad behavior, I think that a lot of dogs are bored. Like you're saying, they're not yeah. being treated like dogs, and they're bored. They don't want to sit on the couch and watch TV. That's boring mm-hmm. to them. So do you think that that's a main problem with the behavior is just that they aren't being mentally stimulated? I do think that's a huge problem. You do? I think that's a huge problem. And people tell me, but I walk him every day. Well, yeah. unless you're a fast walker and it's a four-pound dog, yeah. it's not really getting much exercise. And the people who put their dogs on treadmills are really on the wrong track. Yeah. Because look at what they do with treadmills. They make built-in videos because the treadmill yeah. is so boring. It's, yeah. Um, you know, that's another reason to have a play date with your dog. Playing with another dog takes so much mental thought, like, which, all right, he got the stick. Which way is he mm-hmm. going? Is he going right? Is he going right? Okay, how can I get to him? I'm going to run around here. I love watching him, like, run around a tree chasing each other, and one will stop on one side of the tree while I'm waiting for the other one to catch up. Yeah, they're so thinking, they're, yeah, they're plotting of, strategy. <laughs> and, and they're calculating. That takes a lot. That just, that endless treadmill stuff it might burn off some kind of energy but it's really not thinking there's a lot of great toys that you can get that are interactive the buster cube is my favorite partly i'm scottish i'm pretty cheap so the most interactive toys only have one setting and those are toys where you know you put some kind of treat in and the dog has to whack it around to get the treat out well the buster cube has three different settings easy medium and hard so you just, to me, you get more bang for your buck. You start off with a big hole so the treat comes out easy, and then you can make the hole smaller and smaller, and it works one way on carpet, one way on hardwood, and one way on tile. So, so it's the Buster a, Cube is one of your favorite things, everyone listening. If you're it is one of my favorite things. Okay. Although another thing that is just as good is a shoebox. I have a friend who really likes shoes and mm-hmm. gives me all of her old shoeboxes. 
And I put treats in them, put the lid on. I don't care what the dog does with it. I don't care if he rips it up in two minutes. It's yeah. fun to get the treat out. And those tennis shoe boxes that like don't have a lid that separates, but yeah. they're real sturdy, and they also have little holes on the side. Sometimes yeah. they'll whack those around. The treat comes out the side. Those boxes last more, but I don't really care. Yeah, that's funny. You said you're Scottish, and for all those of you listening, you can hear the little grunting in the background. <laughs> that's my brand new addition to our pack, a little Scottish terrier named Kirk. So he's quite, he is going to give me a run for my money, as all Scotties do. So thanks well, for the all tip. all terriers. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> thanks for the tip, the Buster Cube. i got to get one for sure. <laughs> and then teaching lots of tricks, as simple yeah. as, you know, you put a treat right in front of the, you know, tell your dog to sit and stay right in front of them. You put a treat right in front of the couch so they can yeah. see it. And then say, yeah. go get the treat. Well, and then the next, then have them sit, stay, put it behind the couch, the, the leg. Mm-hmm. They can't see it. They have to go look for it. Then the next time, or you know, maybe three or four times later, once they've learned it, make them leave the room, hide the treat, bring them in the room and say, find a treat. And you just have to keep yeah. encouraging them, find the treat until they find it. That can be pretty fun. I like to take a broomstick and put it on the bottom of chair rungs mm-hmm. and have them do jumps over them back and forth. Oh, um, just sort of little agility tricks. And you can go online and just do a search for agility tricks. I like to look for the tricks for kids to teach because yeah. they're real. I can't read the two-page directions on how to teach a trick. Just yeah. like a little paragraph, and I'll teach that. I have dogs that do high fives. Uh, Sweetie Pie, the pit bull who comes here, she's been taught to put her front legs out and her back legs out. And they say, Sweetie Pie, she'll sleep her dog. And she flops on the floor and puts her front legs <laughs> out. I love it. And they I love say, it. go to sleep, and she puts her hands over her eyes. Go to sleep. Oh. Uh, it's actually smart great if you have a pit bull to teach them lots of tricks. It helps oh, people yeah. not be so and afraid of them. And their self-esteem, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think. It's funny, I stretch and massage my dogs, and you're talking about the treadmill, and it's funny because I started as personal trainer with humans, and I still do that in neuromuscular therapy, and also with horses and dogs, but one thing I see with the treadmills with humans is so many overuse injuries, Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, the body and the mind really thrives on movement and variety and consistency so you know but the variety is the key I think to keep all of the nerves and cells refiring growing back stronger is the variety is key so those are those are some really great tips Tracy thank you a friend um, of mine me- asked me if I wanted her old treadmill and I said no I live in a pretty exclusive neighborhood and we have built in treadmills she said built in treadmills and I said yeah they're called sidewalks when my dog walks with me, he gets to hear the squirrels and the birds and see totally. the cats. And it's and just see so much more invigorating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, it, I mean, do we like to walk on the treadmill? Give me a break. It's like, oh, <laughs> God. You know what I mean? So no different for them, for sure. But um, let's take a short break because I have to pause for our sponsors. And when we get back, we will continue this exciting conversation. So don't go away. We're going to be right back to speak with Tracy B. Ann and here on Win With Dogs. Hang tight. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in 
Davis, California, says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. No, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. We are back again with Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. Tracy, you have, I want to tell everyone where they can get some more information on some of the stuff you're talking about. You have a website, and it's zenpaws.com. That's Z-E-N-P-A-W-S.com. You also have a radio show she does, Tracy does, called The Politics of Dogs, and that's at RadioFreeNashville.org. That's also online. She also writes for the Nashville Free Press. She writes a blog for the examiner.com, actually. All this information is on our website here at Pet Life Radio. So if you want to click, you know, any of the links for Tracy, please just check it out on our website and it will be there. But Tracy, you're talking about exercise. And do you think that exercise is you know, sufficient mental stimulation as long as they're going outside and experiencing new things? Or do you think it's important to get them involved in some more stuff like even agility, like you're saying, or, you know, learning tricks, etc.? You know, you've worked with dogs forever. 
do you find a big difference in, you know, working with them and providing more than just exercise? I think different dogs need different things. And so, like, part of the way I train has to do with just building a relationship with your own personal dog so that you can be in tune with what they need. I often go to clients' houses and they'll show me this pile of books that they're reading and I just basically think, unless your dog wrote a book, quit reading because Mm -hmm. you just need to sit and watch your dog. Stop whispering and screaming and all that and just sit and watch your dog and listen and you'll learn. Some dogs need more. My Dalmatian needed more. My Dalmatian wanted me to have five kids and that wasn't going to happen. So we did volunteer work at the domestic abuse shelter. Those kids were, you know, left their homes in the middle of the night without their pets and she went and got to play with a bunch of kids. Some dogs like to go to retirement homes and nursing homes and they like all that hubbub and being petted by a bunch of people. Some dogs like agility class. I have had a hard time with that. And John Katz wrote a book about that as well, I think, with this border collie that he rescued, that agility people tend to be pretty competitive. And I'm not. I just want to have fun. And I don't want my dog to be forced into doing anything over and over again. And I don't want a class where he's not allowed to look at the other dogs. He just has to be ready to do the jump. And it just has to be fun. Um, In my classes, we play for 30 minutes first. But if in the middle of the class, kind of everything falls apart, well, it's time to play. Go ahead, play. Totally. go back to doing our sits and stays and bounds again. Seriously, you're so my kind of people. I mean, life is too short. It shouldn't be so dang serious. And, you know, we're asking people to do a a lot, though, Tracy. We're asking them to get involved and to make time for their dogs. And, frankly, a lot of people don't even make time for themselves. (laughs) And that's the biggest thing I hear when I'm like, why don't you, you know, Think about cooking for your dogs. It takes one second to, you know, make some organic chicken, chop it up, keep it in the fridge, or buffalo, ground buffalo, or, you know, rice, spinach. All that takes a second. And they look at me and say, well, I don't even do that for myself. Therein lies the problem, you know. Right. So I will admit I bought a TV from my kitchen. So that I could, <laughs> that's okay. Like every, every <laughs> this two is the weeks, grand confession. <laughs> every two weeks, it takes a couple hours for me to sit and, and make dog food, and yeah. I do it while I'm watching TV or a video or something in, in the TV. But I think that a lot of people do spend <laughs> time on their dogs, but it's sort of misguided time. It's like disciplining. The whole thing, you know, training to me has really gotten totally skewed on the wrong path, I think. I think what you're saying is so true. We just want them to be good members of the family. We want them to be well socialized so they can meet new people, you know, and learn sitting, walking on the leash without totally dragging you along. These are all things that can be accomplished with love and gentleness and kindness. And there is no need for choke collars, shot collars, you know, all of this stuff. I don't think, personally, I don't think. I, I don't, don't even, well, I, I think that shot collars, if they have to exist, should be, you should have to have a license to buy them. They yeah. shouldn't be out there for people just on the street to buy. I often tell people who their biggest problem with their dog is getting their husband to go along with the program. I think it's okay to use shot collars on husbands, just not on dogs. <laughs> 
Because I don't know how yeah. to train husbands. I just, uh-uh. I've just gone beyond me. But when I train, I don't touch dogs. I mean, I do not. I don't push their butts down. I don't move them over to the side here or there. I do not touch them unless I'm kissing them or hugging them. Yeah, and, you don't have to. And no, I, I'm teaching them to. I'm not teaching them to think. They know how to think. But I, when I want them to move, I'm going to teach them. When I point this way, it means move this way. And yeah, how to follow that. your gestures. I'm going to do that without manhandling them. Now, at home, I do touch them, like, for procedures to clip their nails or clean their ears or things like that, but I still do it gently and kindly and, you know, and as much as I can. Yeah, that's a good point, touching your dog. And I, I mean, I am all over my dogs. I mean, I am, like, picking them up, kissing them, holding them. I'm, like obnoxiously in their faces with love, you know, and they love it. They love it. They love it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I try to do is to empower people to touch their dogs. I think a lot of people are really unsure of dogs, how they communicate, if their dog shows their teeth or, you know, growls or is a loud dog that that kind of freaks people out. But, you know, dogs communicate just like we do. You know, they don't. And I think that that is learning dog communication would benefit them a lot. I talk a lot about how I went to college with women from Iran. And in most of the Middle East, the thumbs-up gesture, like hitchhiking or like, hey, way to go, good job, that's yeah. the equivalent of giving someone the middle finger. You do not yeah. do that in the Middle East. Well, who knew that? I mean, I yeah, didn't right. know that. And that is the difference in communication between people and dogs. They don't understand what we're saying a lot of times. They don't kiss. Yeah. They're not primates. They don't kiss, and yet we kiss all the time. When they yeah. kiss, it's an appeasement gesture. So I think it's that taking the time to learn, like from Tord Rugas, her calming signals, and her website is great, and some of her communication, Roger Abrantes, sticking with more of the ethologists who... The Jane Goodall types, her partner, Mark Beckoff, has kind of moved away from the primates, and he's really interested in wolves and dogs. Mm -hmm. And that's the approach that I like. Like, let's sit and watch them in the wild and try to understand them instead of, let's force them. How can we best force them to do what we want? We're the big big brains. Why can't we learn their methods? Totally. And, you know, that along that same line of thinking when people... Say, I was a vegetarian for three and a half years and now I eat fish. I just started eating fish again this summer. And, you know, when I talk to people about being nice to animals and being vegetarian and, you know, all this stuff, everyone's always like, well, God made us masters and, you know, they're our minions. We're in charge. And it's like, well, yeah, we're not in charge to be slaughtering them and abusing them and whipping them into submission. We're in charge. That means treat them with compassion and love, you know. And most of the time, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, I think whoever is doling out the food in charge of the provisions is the pack leader, you know. So you're automatically the pack leader. That's one, of, that's one of the things them. the pack leaders do because we know they go through doors. They lead. They go through doors first. They initiate petting and play. Um, they control movement within the space. So like when your dog brings you a toy and you think that that means, um, gosh, would you like to play? It doesn't really. Your dog is actually saying, uh, excuse me, but your job is to play with me. Get on it now. Yeah, get on it. you have to translate that into your head. So I just ask my dog, sit. And when he sits to me, that's like asking, please. And then I will play with them. Or if they don't know how to sit, you just wait until they're minding their own business and play with them or pet them. 
But yeah. they'll like nudge your hand, you know, and people think that's cute. I don't think that's cute. I'm always riding or something. And they nudge my hand because they want to be petted. And it's very bossy. And yeah. I just ask them to sit and then they get petted. And the biggest thing that a leader does is control movement within the space. You see that on TV um, animal specials sometimes where, I don't know, the puppies are playing and grandpa's over in the corner and they get too close and he gets grumpy and he yeah. gives a little roar, get out of the way. Yeah. And I think when we do these things like we, and not all leaders do all of them, but I figure because we're so imperfect at dog talk, let's hit them all just to make sure. So, you know, I eat first before my dogs. I go out the door before my dogs. I'm the one who says when we, do they get petted. I'm the one who says when they get played with. When yeah. I do all of those things, I've clearly established I'm the boss so that yeah. I'm the one that controls the space. If I do the opposite and they get to go out the door before me, I'm saying, okay, you're the boss. They eat before me or they have a buffet out for them all day. They're the boss. If yeah. they come up to me and nudge me and I pet them, okay, you're the boss. They bring me yeah. a toy, I play, okay, you're the boss. Then I pick up my car keys, I leave the house. They just failed at their job. They did not control the movement within the space. Mm-hmm. So why would and I set them up yeah. to fail? I, exactly. I want them to be successful. So let's just take all that stress and worry away. Let them be a dog. Totally I'll be right. the leader. Give you them be the dog. Boundaries. Exactly right. And you know, one thing that you're saying that I've, talked about before in some podcasts is a very simple way to encourage this behavior where they're paying attention to you as the boss is like you're saying wait for make them sit before they enter the house make them sit to get a treat make them sit before you play before you give them their food you know really simple things like that really go a long way I think to you know training the dog for sure for sure there's nothing more powerful than a what I call a drop dead sit when you can get a dog to sit on a dime and not move, you can prevent pretty much any problem. You can't sit and jump on counters. You can't yeah. sit and attack the cat. You can't sit and attack a person. Any yeah. problem you have, I swear, can be solved with a good sit. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. That's awesome. Unfortunately, 30 minutes went by like two seconds and we're out of time. Cool. I know, because we are like minds, <laughs> trying to change the world. No, I'm kidding. That might be One too much. One dog at a time. <laughs> One dog at a time. But before we go, Tracy, and thank you again for all your great insight. I really appreciate it. I know the listeners do as well. Let me ask you if there's any links or websites that I failed to mention so that our listeners can find out more about what you're doing out there. Is there well, I think almost everything is on my website, Zen Paws. And if you're in the Nashville area, you can listen to my radio show. Right now, we're at 98.9 FM on the dial. And okay. we're moving up to a better station, 107.1, in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, have better, and, we'll have a bigger broadcast range. Right. And that's also, can you listen to that online as well? Yes, you can listen to it online. You can actually listen to it through Comcast Television. If you go, like, just click on to the radio station, and they'll tell you, like, ways, like, through your telephone, you know, your cell phone. There's a lot, through your braces, I think. There's a lot of different ways to listen. Yes, so that's The Politics of Dogs is Tracy's show. And, again, you can go on her website, zenpaws.com. You can check it out on the dial on the radio or radiofreenashville.org. All of that information is on the website here at Pet Life Radio under my show. It's also on Tracy's website, zenpaws.com. 
I thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions about this episode, please email me at Raquel at PetLifeRadio.com. And Tracy, I thank you so much. I love, love all your information. I couldn't agree with you more. I think you're doing fabulous things for dogs, so keep it up. <laughs> thank keep you up. so much, Raquel. You're so welcome. And everyone out there, please have a wonderful, wonderful day. And make sure that you go out there and win with dogs. Until next time, this is Raquel. Have a great day. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs.